0: good morning so good to see you guys Uh, I love this guy Brian Brian has been an amazing friend for me and so have the eldership team that we have what a great team to do life with people of integrity If you're watching us live, we'd like you to know we welcome you here. Glad you could join us. As a pastor at Hill City, it's my privilege to serve you. And we were were made for a time such as this. The prophets prophesied about this time. God has given us the spirit for this time and God has kept his word intact for this time. Amen. In this series of leaning on or leaning in Mitch asked me to preach and I waited on the Lord and the Lord put on my heart to preach about leaning in in the truth. And I want to talk about it, the truth. What is the truth? There are facts and there is truth. Facts are relative. relative. Truth is universal and eternal. We have gone through a lot, and we are still going through a lot. We are living in a time like we have never seen in our entire lives. Emotions are all over the place. Opinions have taken over conviction and truth. Lack of healthy social interaction has created a void where the headspace reality has taken over the reality. How you feel in your head or you think in your head has taken over how you perceive the world. An environment where healthy debate is treated as misinformation. You can't debate, it just creates division. Either you are with us or you are against us is the narrative. Propaganda of one and only one perspective is dividing people into pro- and anti-camps. Social and emotional pressure is being experienced by individuals at work, home, relationships, and church. Our thoughts are being influenced by facts presented. Fear is being used to coerce us into compliance to one way or the other. If you know the truth, the Word of God, that's not how the Spirit of God works. Fear, compulsion, emotional blackmail, hate, coercion, are all the tactics of the enemy. Giving into it is playing his game. The Almighty God does not use fear compulsions divisions emotional blackmail he believes in the freedom of your choice your choice to choose righteousness or to choose sin your choice to choose life or choose death He even gave the perfect man the choice to choose to live a life independent of God. That is the God we worship. He also promised Adam and Eve a Savior, even after they sinned. God is a God of hope. He's not a God of fear. I prayed to God for his insight into what's happening. He reminded me, these are like the days of Daniel. Daniel and his friends lived in challenging times of their day. Compulsions, edicts, fearful consequences for not compliance were the norm of the day. You could lose your life for not complying with the authorities. Daniel and his friends did not live in fear. You are the church of God, the body of Christ. You don't have to live in fear. But they lived in prayer and faith. They did not flow with the current. Their conviction was not based on an opinion but based on the truth of the Word of God. I would highly recommend that you read the book of Daniel. It'll give you hope in a hopeless world. It'll give you strength that God will never abandon you. Even when you don't have the answers, you can trust the God who does. Don't get me wrong. I have friends That are vaccinated, and I have friends that are not vaccinated. I love them both. I have my own convictions based on the truth I know, but I will not let my convictions divide God's people. Do you know who divides God's people? The devil. Having the same point of view is not unity. Having diverse point of view is not division. How you approach diversity makes you united or divided. Me and my wife have different points of view at times. But we are not divided. We are one. And we will not give the devil a foothold. Jesus died for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. God loves you. I will not let this debate divide me from my friends. I will respect their choice and I hope they respect mine. But even in disagreement, will I err on love and unity. If you know my past, I was born a Hindu. In a majoritarian Hindu nation, I gave my life to Jesus. My family fled from persecution and conversion of Muslim religion and Christianity. So you know how much they love Christians. So to have a person in your family, in a priestly family, to give up his faith would be termed as a traitor. They tried all the tricks in the book. My dad threatened me, said, if you follow Jesus... You get nothing from my inheritance. You follow Jesus, you'll have to leave this house. My relatives, they threatened to de-fellowship me. They were rude at times. They were condescending at times. They would not invite me for their functions. I was an outcast. I lost all my friends because I did not want to sin with them. I was persecuted in my school, my college. But I knew the Word. And the Word says, if the world loves you, you're one of them. But if the world hates you because you're following righteousness, you're one of us. Because they hated Jesus. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. So where did I get my strength? Because I'm no superhuman. I'm not like Superman wearing undergarments outside. I don't have supernatural strength. Thank God for that. Where did I get my strength? I'm just like you. I have my fears. I my soul feels overwhelmed. And I don't have all the answers. I've not met a person that has all the answers. Except Jesus. My strength comes from the Word. The Word gives us strength to endure and persevere. The Word of God is not an opinion. It is your rock. Our souls find rest when we align ourselves to the Word. It's chaos and anxiety and fear if we listen to the voices of the world. Do you know everything you believe about God, about Christianity, about Jesus, about righteousness, about sin, is what is written in the Word of God. And the Word of God is the same. It doesn't change with our feelings. It doesn't change with our anxiety. It is the same. And did you know that word is Jesus himself? Jesus doesn't change. John 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. The word is Logos, written word. In John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is the truth. You know who else is the truth? Jesus is the truth. John 14 verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and the life, not a life, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you know truth and God are inseparable? They are one and the same. When we accept the truth, we accept God. When we reject the truth, we reject God. Mark Thomas taught me, and he said, Vivek, if you want to know God, you have to know and understand the truth intimately. Got to understand the truth intimately. It can't just be the head knowledge. It has to be the heart knowledge. It can't just be a scripture you memorize. It should be the scripture you live. Yeah. Yeah. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Joshua eight says, In the This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in the in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. What is occupying your mind today? Someone's Facebook post, a news feed or a video, or the Word of God. What is filling your mind? Because what is filling your mind is affecting your heart. What you dwell on is what you're going to feel. What you feel is going to raise, stir up emotions. The emotions that you are stirred with will lead to action, reaction, and words. Your action and reaction and words become your habit patterns. Your habit patterns become your lifestyle. Your lifestyle becomes your identity, and your identity charts your destiny. So what are you filling your mind with? I know what I'm filling my mind with. The Word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand the worlds were prepared By the word of God, so that what is seen is not made out of things that are visible. The word of the Lord is the lamp unto our feet. It lights the path we need to take while we are walking through darkness. This world is dark. It's hopeless. It's It's fear-mongering. It uses compulsion coercion that's called conforming to the world. How you see the world is based on the truth or the lie. Lie will make you fearful. Truth will make you unshakable. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is the lamp unto my feet, And a light unto my path. It's only the revealed word. We understand the character of God. As it is explained by God himself. My experience about God. Is relative to what I perceive. But God's truth. Is not based on my perception. It's what is revealed by the holy spirit my experience can change my feelings can change but the word of god never changes all scriptures not just the words of jesus written in red in the gospel all scriptures is inspired by god and that includes paul's letters paul's letters are not his opinions Written to Corinthians or Ephesians and not applicable for Abbotsford. Not applicable for this generation. No, that's the lie. Peter talks about in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. And I'm not going to read it, but he says, The untaught and un- unstable distort as they do with the rest of the scriptures. So what Peter is saying, Paul's teachings are actually scriptures. They're not just his letters or his opinions. He says he was inspired by the same Holy Spirit that inspired the Old Testament. We hear nowadays unhitch the Old Testament. Did you know the character of God is revealed in the Old Testament? How do you know? How do I know, Brian? By the way he acts, by the way he reacts by the way he talks by the way he faces different situations in his life i can vouch for him because i worked with him closely he's my friend and if I, and if anyone says brian did this and it doesn't line up with the character i know of brian i won't believe it how do you know the character of god by how he interacted with mankind Where is the interaction shown in the Old Testament? The character of a person is revealed how they interact with others. The Old Testament reveals the character of God throughout the dealings with the mankind. Many would like to believe that God has become soft, fluffy, cuddlier, That just turns a blind eye to sin. Many would like to believe that the Father God is hard and Jesus is soft. Jesus is not soft. Jesus is just like the Father. And the Father is just like Jesus. So you want to understand the compassion heart of God? See Jesus. Do you want to see the holy part of God? See the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament, Jesus did not excuse sin. He came the first time to be the Savior, but the next time he's gonna come to judge the world, and he will be merciless. Jesus said, Matthew 5, verse 17 do not think I came to abolish the law or the or the prophets. I did not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus did not make the word broader to accommodate the world. He made it narrower. Committing adultery was a sin. He says even lusting after someone is is as good as adultery. If you thought murder was a sin, Jesus said hating your brother is like committing murder. That's not a broader way, that's a narrow way. The character of God is that which, is, which your re- faith rests on. Did you know that how you perceive God makes your faith stronger or weaker? When you don't have the answers to the situation, you have to rely on the character of God. When you don't understand why your prayers were not answered, you got to rely on the wisdom and will of God. How can you rely on someone whose character you do not know? How can you rely on that character if you have not read the Word? How can you rely on something you don't believe? The devil wants you to have An experiential relationship with God based on your feelings. Oh, if God didn't answer my prayer, maybe He's upset with me. That's not the Bible. If I'm going through a tough situation, God doesn't love me. That's not the Bible. Righteous people go through tough situations, righteous people have prayers that have not been answered. Your perception of God should not be based on how you think he's treating you, but based on the word of God. And your, the word of God should challenge how you perceive him. Amen. The character of God you perceive is based on your understanding of the truth. If your understanding is flawed of the truth, you will see God as a hard taskmaster. You will see God as someone that excuses and turns a blind eye to your sin. The character of God that you and I demonstrate is based on the truth you know and practice. If I act more like Jesus, it's because I know the truth more and I practice what I know. If I don't exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, in all probability, I am not practicing and knowing the truth because you shall know them by your fruit, by their fruit, not by their words. People can be charming. The devil is charming. But he doesn't have the fruit of the Spirit. Talk about influence. Leadership is not about influence. Leadership is about walking in the truth. Sometimes good leaders have not many followers. When Jesus died on the cross, only John followed him. But that did not cancel Jesus' influence. There's a a theory floating around that more influential, more charming you are, and how many people follow you means you are a leader. Leadership is about following the ultimate leader, and sometimes that walk can be lonely. We know who picks and chooses scriptures out of context. It's interesting sometimes, even the government uses scriptures out of context. Love your neighbor. But what about loving your God? The first commandment takes precedence over everything. Love the Lord thy God, and out of that you love your neighbor. The truth should be our guide should be our anchor, should bring hope of salvation from the things we go through. I don't know what tomorrow is going to happen, but I know God is going to happen. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I can trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct my path. When we read, understand, and believe the truth, we practice righteousness. Without the word, we wouldn't even recognize sin as sin. If it didn't say you do not commit adultery, how would you know adultery was sin? Without the law, sin is not recognized as sin. Without the law, there would not be a bad news. There would be no consequences of sin. If God had not said in his word that the wages of sin is death, we would not know that our sinful lifestyle needs to change. If there is no bad news, the good news isn't good at all. Why would you want to follow Jesus? if you didn't go to hell. You could continue living the life you wanted to live. The theory is right now, people say, I want to be happy. That's not the gospel. Jesus was called the man of sorrows. Jesus was called the man of sorrows. And Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He didn't promise happiness. The devil promises happiness. If you're the son of God, do this. If you're the son of God, do this. I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. That's the devil. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for in it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not by fear. If you're living by fear, you're probably believing the lie of the devil. Now this faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. So if you fill your mind with with lies that the world is telling you, because your safety is not in the vaccination, your safety is in Christ. So whether you're vaccinated or not, your safety is Jesus. So what happens when we suppress the truth? What happens when we suppress the truth? Well, let's read it. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 to 27. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read parts of it. In the, in, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so that we are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but became futile in their speculation. Where is the battle? The battle is here. You know, when I hear things that doesn't line up with the Word of God, even before they settle in my emotions and feelings, I shoot it down. I take to captive every thought that raises itself against the knowledge of God. The lies don't creep in overnight. Little by little. Little by little, the lie creeps in. And years and decades later, we have deviated from the truth. Without the truth, you cannot live your Christian life. You will constantly be on an emotional roller coaster. You will live out of fear, you will make decisions out of it. There will be no moral compass. Without the truth, there is no moral compass. No covenant of marriage. There will be no covenant of marriage. There is no worship without the truth. Because you worship in spirit and truth. You will just have an emotional worship. You will feel the goosebumps. You will have some tears. But not the truth. Without the truth, you will have this mindset. Just go as you feel. Do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel happy. I want to be happy. Without the word, you will drift away into signs and wonders. Laying fleeces. Confirmations that validate your sinful desires, fleshly and soulish goals. I want to be happy. Don't tell me what the Word of God says. I'm going to find a teacher and a church that will make me happy. You're too hard, Vivek. You're too hard, Brian. Make me happy. Make me feel good. Tell me what I'm doing is right. Without the truth, we will drift away. Let's look at what Paul talks to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 9. Now you tell me if we are living in these days or not. But we realize... <clears throat> That in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, br- brutal haters of good treacherous, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding on to a form of godliness, although having denied its power, avoid such men as these. Are we living in the end times? Yes, we are. The word of God does not change Because God does not change. Yes, God is loving. Yes, he is caring. But that's just one aspect of him. Too much focus is on a loving, merciful God. But he's also a holy God. And he commands us to be holy because he is holy. Yes, God is merciful. But his mercy should lead us to repentance and obedience to the truth. Jesus is just like the Father who judged Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus is not softer, cuddlier, fluffier. He doesn't turn a blind eye to sin. He hates it. He hated sin, suffered the wrath of God on the cross. He's coming back to judge the world. And he will show no mercy when he comes then. Where do I get this perspective? From the word of God. Not just one aspect of God, but the complete counsel of God. So how does this message apply to us today? Today, more than ever, we need to lean on the truth. Not on feelings. Not on facts. Not on hearsay, but the truth. We need to lean on faith, not on fear. Reject fear. Reject intimidation. Reject division. You may not have the answers, but you know a God who does and cares for you. Be like Daniel and his friends. Know that your God is able to deliver you. But even if he doesn't, don't bow down to things that your conviction doesn't permit. So when your soul is overwhelmed, calm your soul by pointing to God. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. He will never leave you, never forsake you. He said, do not be afraid of those who destroy the body. But be afraid of him who can throw the body and soul in hell. Let the fear of God grip your heart. Because that's a holy fear. The fear of man is a trap, a snare. The truth will transform you. You know, lies conform you. Truth transforms you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. To not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove the, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So how, what can we take away from this? To make the truth of God the center of our life. To hear it more than the newsfeed. To feel it more than the fear. To live it more than anything else. So four steps we need to do. Number one, read and or hear the word of truth. Fill your mind with it. Do not let it depart from your mind or your heart. Stay focused on the truth. Filter everything you are hearing from the truth. If it's a fear, it's not the truth. If it's faith, it is the truth. Shoot down every rationale, every argument that comes against the truth. Anything that makes you rely on something else but God is not the truth. Anything that gives you a false sense of security other than the security in God is not the truth. Number two, Understand the godly logic behind the truth. You cannot buy into a concept if you don't understand the logic. Even the world knows that. That's why they are putting forth the logic that you buy into. You and I need to understand the logic behind the truth. Why does God say don't do it? What happens if I commit adultery? Pain, suffering, and eternal death. I understand that logic. I will flee from sin. If I don't understand the logic, I will dabble with it. Point number three, consistently obey the truth and experience it. If you don't obey the truth, it'll just be head knowledge. We know what it's like when people just quote Bible, can't love their neighbor. We know what it's like when people talk about love but can't forgive someone that's offended them. Only way to experience the truth is obeying it. Obeying it consistently. Because when you obey God's word, it gets written on your heart. It's no longer on in your head. Point number four: lean on the truth, not on your experience. Sometimes your experience will, will lie. I had a person say, God wants me to, to divorce my husband. I asked her to pray and seek the Lord. She found scriptures. Because you can always find scriptures that authenticate what you want to do. When I explained to her God is a God of covenant. And there are, there are clauses in the covenant apart from which you cannot divorce. And I understood her pain. And I understood that she wanted this pain to end. God understands your pain. God understands your loneliness. God understands your suffering. But he will not compromise the truth to make you feel happy. So consistently obey and experience the truth. Lean on the truth, point number four. Not my experience, feelings, fear, or presented facts. Make choice of leaning on God's word. Let the word of God guard your heart and your mind. Now, if you, I want you to do a check, a reality check. Have you been feeling anxious in the last while? Have you been fe- feeling fearful and pressured? In all probability, you're paying more attention to the lies than God's truth. So I would encourage you, while you do these four things, also search, ask God to search your heart. What have you been feeding your mind with? What have you been feeding your heart with? And let's start feeding our mind and our hearts with the truth. Hope this message points you to the truth. And as you go around, go along living this life next week, just be mindful not to fill your mind with things that take you away from God. Thank you so much for being patient and listening to me. I, I went over time, but thank you so much.